Acharya, who was a contemporary of his and was a, a fellow student 
in the toll, the school of Srila Jiva Goswami. So when we read the translation now, keep in mind Srinivas. It's right in the first Acharya Thakur, a reference to Srinivas Acharya. He who brought the treasure, should we read it together? When do we do okay, that? Yeah. All right. He who brought the treasure of divine love and who was filled with compassion and mercy, where has such a personality as Srinivas Acharya gone? Where are my Swarup Damodar and Rupa Goswami? Where is Sanatana? Where is Raghunath Das, the savior of the fallen? Where are my Raghunath Bhatt and Gopal Bhatt? And where is Krishna Das Kaviraj? Where did Lord Goranga, the great dancer, suddenly go? I will smash my head against the rock and enter into fire. Where will I find Lord Goranga, the reservoir of all wonderful qualities? Being unable to attain the association of Lord Goranga, accompanied by all these devotees in whose association he performed his pastimes, the Rosanda simply weeps. Yeah, it's lamentation due to separation. It's like we're coming up to Prabhupada's disappearance anniversary. So it's a bittersweet day, it will be. Uh, we'll separate it on a Sunday and uh, celebrate it on a Sunday. And um, the Rantara Prabhu will be speaking. We were happy that Prabhupada could finally give up that very diseased body, but of course it was bitter because we were bereft of his uh, Sangha, which is so sweet. No more morning walks, no more letters, no more Bhaktivedanta purports. What to do? So, okay, um, I'd just like to speak a little bit about Narocham. There's not a whole lot about him in, in the Veda base. Although in Prema, Prema Vilas, sometimes called Narotam Vilas, who wrote? I think Jagarananda Pandit may have written it. Anyway, there's quite a bit. And um, we know from uh, other literatures that Narottam was the Diksha disciple of Lokanath Goswami. And I, I use the story in my Founder Acharya series to show a cultural seed of Founder Acharya because uh, in that song collection, Prartana, Narottam in Song 17. Usually they didn't title them, or they're just known by the first few words. Just like most poems in the old days were known, they weren't titled in English, but they were known by the first few words. Um, uh, look, uh, Narottam is singing a song to Srila Rupa Goswami. And uh, he's saying in stanza four, When will my... Take me with him and place me at the lotus feet of Srila Rupa Goswami. So it's a kind of cultural seed of Founder Acharya, because in those days it was just the beginning of the Hare Krishna movement, as we call it now. But the original name was, uh, what is it? What's the name? Yeah, Sri Sri Vishvavaishnav Raj Sabha. <laughs> and uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur translated that as the gathering or the assembly of Vaishnavs who worship the, the Vishvavaishnav Raj, the king of all the Vaishnavs, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So when Narottam wrote this song, uh, in the collection Pratana, published circa 1560, most scholars concur. Uh, he was writing a song to Sri Rupa, because who was Srila Rupa Goswami in relationship to Narottam Das Thakur and Lokanath Maharaj? Lokanath Maharaj was Narottam's Diksha Guru, but who was Sri Rupa in relation to both of them? He was the uh, Bhakti Rasacharya, if you look in CC, Prabhupada identifies the word. The English was not in Bengal yet. It was 200 years still to come. So the uh, Bhakti Rasacharya was Sri Rupa Goswami, who was not the eldest of the Goswamis. He wasn't famous for being so 
radically renounced or prolific writer like Sri Jiva. But as soon as he published Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in 1552, everybody immediately said, okay, he's the chief, because he's the most expert at relishing Bhakti Rasa, the mellows, the moods uh, of Bhakti, diving and surfacing in all the different uh, Rasas, because he presented them so amazingly in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which Prabhupada gave to us as nectar and devotion. So, in Song 17, stanza 4, the Rautam is saying, When will my Prabhu look, take me with him to the lotus feet of Sri Rupa Goswami? So, and they were, and the Rautam was the only, the, the only child, the only spiritual child of uh, Lokanath. Because Lokanath had taken a vow, as you may know, never to initiate. After Mahaprabhu left in 1534, See, uh, Lokanath was so mortified that he just, he just didn't want to, he wanted to leave too, but he was still alive and he just, he just went off, he just renounced and he, he take a, took a vow never to take disciples. But when Sri Jiva Goswami was, uh, had his school at the Radhadamadar Mandir and was instructing uh, all these saintly uh, Vaishnavs, uh, his prize pupils were Narottam, Srinivas, and Shamananda. So, Jiva Goswami was our Siksha Guru, instructing spiritual master. Uh, and generally, the way it works is, whoever is your prominent Shiksha Guru becomes your Diksha Guru. That's the way it normally, historically works. That's not, we're still trying to discover that in this kind, but that's the way, that's the normal way it goes. Um, so, so Sri Jiva, he, he noticed that Narottam Das Thakur had this strong affection for Lokanath Maharaj. So he said to Narottam, Narottam, I want you to approach Lokanath Maharaj and you beg him for Diksha, initiation. I'm not your Diksha Guru, I can see that. Uh, you've already given your heart to Lokanath, so go... And, they, and Lokanath and Sri Jiva and Narottam, everyone knew that Lokanath had already made a rut, never to initiate anybody. So what to do? But Narottam obeyed Sri Jiva and he went to Lokanath because he really did want to be his Diksha disciple. And he begged him and, and Sure enough, Lokanath said, No, you know I've taken this vow. I cannot be your spiritual master. So Narottam, who was a prince, he was the son of a king. He came from uh, wealth. He knew, well, he knew a couple of, he knew that really Lokanath Goswami, he already given his heart to Lokanath. So he was going to, even though he didn't get accepted, he made up his mind that, uh, to cut down this false pride of coming from aristocracy, I'm going to do something menial for Maharaj. So every day, it's recorded in the uh, Prem Vilas, Narottam, he went to the place where Lokanath was doing his morning ablutions, passing, evacuating, and before Lokanath got there, he would make the earth very nice and the water very nice, so that uh, Lokanath Maharaj could do his business in a peaceful, clean setting. And Lokanath noticed this. But he didn't, he was so renounced and so detached from everything that it was like, whatever, you know, someone's doing this. So I don't know who it is, but Hare Krishna. Now this went on for over a year, it says. And finally, Lokanath Goswami, one day uh, after doing his morning ablutions, he thought, I'm in the renounced order of life, but I'm accepting service from somebody I don't even know. This has got to stop. So the next morning, he came much earlier than his normal time. He hid in the trees to see who was doing this. And sure enough, in the half moonlight, in the shadows, Narottam comes to do his seva, and, but Lokanath 
sees some shadowy figure in the half moonlight and he calls, Who is that? And the Rotam now is, Oh, the jig is up. <laughs> so he comes before Maharaj, falls flat, dandavat, like a rod, and begs him, Maharaj, please accept me. I've given my heart to you. You must accept me as uh, my spiritual, as your only disciple. Your only disciple, please. Loganath again refused. But that night he had a dream. And in the dream, Mahaprabhu, uh, who had visions of Narottam before he disappeared. Narottam, what is that story? There's some story where he's calling Narottam's name. I think it's in CC. Anyway, he said to Loganath Maharaj in the dream, Maharaj, you must accept Narottam. You must make one exception to your vow. I respect your vow, but you must give shelter to Narottam. So he relented. So they were very close. So when I tell the story, I always say, who, who here has an only child? Who, who here has an only child? You know. So some people, yeah, raise their hand. And I'm, I'm one of them. And you know how strong that bond is, right? The only child. So yeah, yeah. So you can imagine how close they were. And yet... The Rotam is singing, when will my Prabhu, Prabhu Lokana, when will my Prabhu bring me to the lotus feet of Srila Rupa Goswami? Because both Narottam and, Lok- and Lokanath know that their foundational spiritual master, regardless of the generational difference between Lokanath and Narottam, uh, spiritually speaking, they have a common foundational spiritual master. Uh, he's the Rasacharya, again, English Foundaracharya is not there yet, but this is a cultural seed of Foundaracharya that would blossom later, especially after Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Bhaktisiddhanta. And so Lokanath wasn't the slightest bit offended or felt, you know, jumped over or circumvented or, or slighted or ignored. Or, he knew it was his role, his role as the Diksha Guru of uh, Narottam Das Thakur. Well, Rotam Das at the time. Thakur is usually appended to the name after the person disappears. That's very common. Or also they use Thakur Ji to refer to the deity. You hear people refer to, refer to Thakur Ji for their personal deity. Um, Lokadath knew that it was his duty, his role, to enrich, enhance, and deepen his Diksha disciples' relationship with their Rasacharya in the Hare Krishna movement. Sri Vishva Vaishnava Raja Sabha. And uh, I'll read you one more thing. And this, yeah, in the database, there's only like five references. When I typed in uh, Narottam and Katery, the first Mayapur festival, <laughs> only it was in Katery. First Gaur, first Gorpurni. Hmm. Circa 1570, Mahaprabhu disappeared in 1534. So, you know, 20, 25 years later, uh, Narottam, great devotee of Goranga, as we heard in the translation of the song, he started this, uh, it's kind of spontaneous, it was a gathering in Kateri. So the only, the most I found was in the glossary to Rukavilas's book, uh, The Seventh Goswami, about Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And here's the reference. Narottam Das Thakur, a renowned Vaishnava spiritual master in the disciplic succession from Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was famous for his many compositions of devotional songs. And Prabhupada would, as many times Prabhupada would say, that uh, Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, who was a shiksha, disciple of Narottam, later, said that uh, Narottam's songs, although composed in simple Bengali language, are as good as Veda. They're that deep. Uh, so Rukhavilas goes on. He appeared, Narottam appeared in the 16th century in Ketari, in the West Bengal district of Rajasahi, just north of Nadia. So it's not far from my point, just north of Nadia. There's this district called Rajasahi. He was devoted to Lord Chaitanya from birth. His father was a king and dedicated to Lord Nityananda. 
So his father, although he was a king and an aristocratic, he was great Nityananda Bhakta. Narottam went to Vrindavan and became the initiated disciple of Loganath Goswami. He studied under Srila Jiva Goswami and preached widely throughout India, making many thousands of disciples. Okay. Um, we just sang uh, the disappearance song. In Jamuna Devi's, the late great Jamuna Devi's two volumes uh, um, by, what's her friend's name? I always forget. Dina Tarani. Dina Tarani. Uh, Jamuna. Actually, I just saw this on, uh, on uh, Siddhanta's memory series, too, because she's there in 1994, you know, an earlier edition of Jamuna compared to the end. And she's saying that she asked Prabhupada what his favorite bhajan was. And Prabhupada did not answer immediately, but then he said, uh, Hari Hari Vipale. And this is Narottam Das Thakur. So let's look at that here. Yeah, here it is. Famous song. Maybe, you, would you like to lead us in the song? You have the words? You don't have the book? Um, you know the words? It's uh, page? Four. It's page 84, in the book 8485. Ishta Deve Vigyapti. Prayer to one's beloved Lord. Ishta Deve. Hmm. It's, a, it's another kind of lament. Okay, yeah. Um, or I can just sing. Or you want to sing? Yeah, why don't you sing? I just need the words. You know the words? Okay, you got it? Somebody want to give Dero the lyrics? Yeah, it's page 84.
accepted the means for relieving it. Lord Krishna, the son, son of the king of Rajas, became the son of Sachi, and Balaram became Gitai. The holy name delivered also the soul, holy and wretched. The two sinners, Jaga and Madai, are evidence of this. O Lord Krishna, son of Nanda, accompanied by the daughter of Rishishabhanu, please be merciful to me now. Narottamdha says, O Lord, please do not push me away from your reddish lotus feet, for who is my beloved except for you? Except for you. <coughs> the next bhajan in the book is actually my favorite, but I want to go into the Bhagavatam a little bit. I just love the way Prabhupada sings it, too. The next one. Okay. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, translation commentary by Srila Prabhupada, Canto 3, The Status Quo, Chapter 13, The Appearance of Lord Varaha. Back, finally back to the Leela. <laughs> Text 36. Sratunda Asid Shruba Isha Nasayor. Sratunda Prasit 
Shastram Prashitram Asye Grasane Grahastute Prashitram Yacharvanam te bhagavanagnihotram Yacharvanam te bhagavanagnihotram Sraktunda asit srava ishanasayor Sraktunda asit srava ishanasayor Ido dure chamatam chamasakarna randre Ido dure Prashitramasye grasane grahastute Prashitramasye grasane grahastute Yatscharvanam te bhagavanagnihotram Yatscharvanam te bhagavanagnihotram Sraktunda asit shruva ishanasayor Sraktunda asit shruva ishanasayor Ido dure chamasakarna Rantre, Sraktunda asit srava ishanasayor Yatcharvanamte Prashitramasye grasanegrahastute Prashitramasye grasanegrahastute Yaksharvanamte bhagavanagnihotram Yaksharvanamte bhagavanagnihotram I'll just do the synonyms. Isha, O Lord, Nasayo, of the nostrils, Ida, the plate for eating, Udare, in the belly, Chamasaha, another plate for sacrifices, Karnarandre, in the holes of the ears, Prashitram, the plate called the Brahma plate, Asye, in the mouth, Grasane, in the throat, Brahaha, the plates known as Soma plates, Tu, Vat, Te, Yor, Yat, that which, Charvanam, chewing, Te your Bhagavan, O my Lord, Agnihotram, is your eating through your sacrificial fire. Translation. O Lord, this is still the sages uh, saying to the cosmic Lord Varaha. O Lord, your tongue is a plate of sacrifice. Your nostril is another plate of sacrifice. In your belly is the eating plate of sacrifice. And another plate of sacrifice is the holes of your ears. In your mouth is the Brahma plate of sacrifice. Your throat is the plate of sacrifice known as Soma. And whatever you chew is known as Agnihotra. Srila Prabhupada's purport. The Vedavadis. See, we're back to the Vedavadis that Anantapahu was mentioning from the previous purport, from Prabhupada's purport. The Vedavad means followers of the Vedas. The Vedavadis say that there is nothing more than the Vedas and the performances of sacrifice mentioned in the Vedas. They have recently made a rule. This is interesting. I didn't know what Prabhupada was referring to. It sounded like something that happened not long before he wrote this purport. They have recently made a rule, these Vedavadis, uh, in their group to formally observe daily sacrifice. They simply ignite a small fire and offer something whimsically. 
but they do not strictly follow the sacrificial rules and regulations mentioned in the Vedas. It is understood that by regulation there are different plates of sacrifice required, such as sraksrava barhis chaturhotra ida chamasa prashitra graha and agnihotra. One cannot achieve the results of sacrifice unless one observes the strict regulations. In this age, there is practically no facility for performing sacrifices in strict discipline. In other words, in Vedic times, they're still trying to do what was done in Vedic times, the so-called followers of the Vedas, the Vedavadis. It is explicitly directed that one should perform Sankirtan Jaga and nothing more which is what Dravida proposed last verse was, remember? Sankirtan Jagat. Sankirtan Prayaya. In the 11th canto. The incarnation of the Supreme Lord is Jageshwara, means the master of sacrifice. And unless one has respect for the incarnation of the Lord, he cannot perfectly perform sacrifice. So the incarnation of the Lord for this age is Lord Chaitanya, and he's saying, do Sankirtan. Don't do all this other stuff. So they're not respecting his, his directive. Uh, as explained herein, different plates of sacrifice correspond to the different parts of the body of the Lord's incarnation. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto, it is explicitly directed that one should perform Sankirtan Jaga to please the Lord's incarnation as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This should be rigidly followed in order to achieve the result of jaga or sacrificial performance. Silavopad ki jaya. Om Jnana Timarandasya Gyanam Janashalakaya Chakshuram Niditam Jena Tasmai Shri Garavena Maha I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Indeed, in the modern age, uh, we hardly have a concept of sacrifice, or at least the ultimate point of sacrifice, because everything we do, uh, every sacrifice we make in the material world is designed to please our false selves, our temporal, earthbound selves. So it's not really, has no ultimate use. Vanity, vanity is all, always vanity. And there is nothing new under the sun. It says in Ecclesiastes, the sage Kohelet. So, uh, Vedavada Ratis, I know Nanta Prabhu referred to the Vedavada Ratha verse in the Gita. I just want to go back and look at it again. Because in the course of our uh, outreach, we may run into people who call themselves Hindus or, or Vedic, this and that, yogis and they may think they're following the Vedas, but unless we follow the Yuga avatar of the age, we're not really following the Vedas in a practical, appropriate way. So Chris is preaching to Arjun because Arjun's all his arguments of why he didn't want to fight are based on the Vedas. So Krishna, he's on the level of bhakti and not simply dharma, yeah. ordinary dharma. So he's on the level of uh, what's best for everyone uh, on the surrender platform. So he's uh, putting Arjun wise. Men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas because they're very uh, enticing. They're very appealing. You now for every, anything you want, you can get uh, in the Vedas from some Ishtadev, from some demigod. But it's all just temporary stuff which recommend various fruit of activities for elevation to heavenly planets. Wow, who doesn't want to go to heaven, right? Result in good birth. Yeah, I want a better birth. Power, the ultimate intoxicant, right? Power, and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, that's the motive behind all the sacrifices. They say that there is nothing more than this. Nanira stita vadinaha, stiti vadinaha. And then in Prabhupada's purport, he just shoots you right between the eyes. This is a classic topic sentence of the Prabhupada purport. Purport, people in general are not very intelligent. <laughs> just let you have it. Right? <laughs> oh. 
And due to their ignorance, they are most attached to the fruitive activities recommended in the karmakanda portions of the Vedas. They do not want anything more than sense gratificatory proposals for enjoying life in heaven. And then he goes on about Soma Ras and Jyotishtoma and, and enjoying with the heavenly damsels and Soma Rasa wine. Yeah, what does he say? It is understood that there are gardens called Nandana Kanana in which there is a good opportunity for association with angelic, beautiful women and having a profuse supply of Soma Rasa wine. Uh, yeah. Such bodily happiness is certainly sensual. Therefore, there are those who are purely attached to such material, temporary happiness as lords of the material world, right? Until they get the notice from Father Time. <laughs> It could be today, tomorrow. So interestingly, there's a counterpoint to this Veda Vadarata Vrata, right in the opening verse of the 15th chapter, Purushottam Yoga, the Yoga of the Supreme Person. If we want to know what yoga is, we should go right to the Yogeshwara, the person who's the master of all mystics, the source of everything, the source of all yoga. When uh, Krishna is also taking a very, now this is, Several, this is many chapters later. This is like 13 chapters later. So Krishna is just, uh, he's coming on really strong here with this, uh, telling Arjuna what the, where the material world is at. And of course, Arjuna knows by this time where it's at, because in the 10th chapter, he's already said, Parang Brahma, Parang Dhamma, you're God. All the great sages, such as Narada, Sita, Devil of Vyas, proclaim this of you, etc. So now it's more like actors on a stage half turned toward us, the audience. Krishna says, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, It is said that there is an imperishable banyan tree that has its roots upward and its branches down, and whose leaves are the Vedic hymns. One who knows this tree is the knower of the Vedas. So now we're in the fall season. So where I come from in New England, it's beautiful. All the leaves are falling, and they're turning these beautiful colors, red and gold and amber, and, you know. And but what happens after all the leaves fall? Then you see the trees in their, in, the, in their naked form, and they're going to have to stand in that naked form for the whole New England winter and tolerate a lot. So even though, so, so whose leaves are the Vedic hymns, so the material world is compared to a banyan tree because it's, the roots are coming up from Brahmalok, and now we're in the human planetary systems where karma is generated. And uh, so just as during the summer in, in, in the, uh, you know, say in colder climate, you see everything green and gold, and I remember living at Kitanagri for 13 years, on and off. And Juniata Valley is just so stunning, where Kitanagri is, uh, near Port Royal, Pennsylvania. It's just so lush, and it's it's wonderful. And then we have Rafiatra, you know, on the last weekend of July, and that same place six months later. Wow, you don't want to be there. <laughs> It's just, you know, below zero and ice and snow and wicked wind that goes right through you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and the trees are all bare. Those same trees that were decorated, you know, by the season, by the summer season. <laughs> now they're like, they're rioting in the wind. And they're horizontal sometimes, you know. And then when that wind blows, and if you're out, you know, logging, wood or something, you got you to you do a heads up, because when that wind blows, and then, and then it knocks off uh, part of the tree, or it knocks off a, a, a tree that's a branch that's been precariously been sitting there for a while, and then the wind comes again, and then, and all of a sudden you're in, you know, you're doing some, some seva in the snow, you know, out there in the forest, and all of a sudden this this branch, which they call widow's limbs, because they make widows of the ladies' husbands. They might fall, if you're lucky, it'll fall right near you, and it won't fall on your head, because from way high up, 
It's going to kill you. It's going to just take it right out. <laughs> so there is an imperishable banyan tree. This material world is temporary, but it's eternally manifested and unmanifested. And whose leaves are the Vedic hymns, so it appears to be pretty the material, when it's decorated with promises of heavenly enjoyment. And eh, life is good. You know, Somarasa wine, angelic women, hey, let's go there. It's, it's just a setup, right? Keep going. I'm not going to even read, I'll just read the verses. It's heavy enough without the purport. The branches of this tree extend downward and upward, nourished by the three modes of material nature. That's what a banyan tree is like. The twigs are the objects of the senses, the tree. This tree also has roots going down, and these are bound to the fruit of actions of human society. So this is where the secondary roots are created. Uh, if we do, once we fall from heaven, then we create, uh, new, generate new karma. Karmanu bandini manushaloke. I think it's right, yeah, it's right in this verse. Karmanu bandini manushaloke. So this is where we come to generate new karma, good or bad. If it's good, then you take the elevator up again. If it's bad, woo, in for a lot of suffering, burning off a lot of bad choices. The real form of this tree cannot be perceived in this world. No one can understand where it ends, where it begins, or where its foundation is. It's like that in the banyan tree. And I told Helen, Honolulu Temple, where I lived for 10 years, is the largest tree of its kind on the island of Oahu, the largest banyan of its kind. And it's just so huge. And periodically we have to cut it because it, it, it encroaches on the neighbor's property if you don't cut it. It just goes all over the place, you know, because it drops roots from the branches. And then it, those roots might turn up in the neighbor's property. So you've got to periodically, you know, trim it so the neighbor's... Uh, don't sue you. Um, yeah. So here we are on Middle Earth, generating new karma, but now we're fortunate because we received the uh, creeper of bhakti from Guru and Krishna. But with determination, one must cut down this strongly rooted tree with a weapon of detachment. Therefore, one must seek that place from which, having gone, one never returns and their surrender to that Supreme Personality of Godhead, from whom everything began, and from whom everything has extended since time immemorial. Very reminiscent of verses we're going to hear later from Lord Kapila. We were talking about these heavy chopping verses, exposing the material world and cutting our attachment to it. So Arjuna really attached in the beginning of the Gita. King no Rajena Govinda, King Bogarjivita. What use, oh Govinda? Uh, of what use? How does it go? You know the verse? 2, 132. Four verses. 132 to 135. This is Arjuna's biggest, biggest soliloquy, biggest uh, solo speech about why he shouldn't fight. Here it is. Starts with King No Rajena. Govinda. And Prabhupada says, yeah, he's calling Krishna Govinda because Govinda means pleaser of the land, the cows, and the senses. So he's telling Govinda, you, you got, no, this is not pleasing to me, Govinda, because his thinking was backwards. And we're thinking that Govinda should please us, right? And making God our order supplier. But the whole idea is to please the senses of Govinda. So it's right here. And that's what's going on today, too. All these plates of sacrifice in the Lord's body, people use them uh, to put their messages on the plates. Dhanam Dehi, Rupam Dehi, O Devi. Give me a good body, give me a good health, give me a good wife, husband, education. But this is all... Just why? To try to enjoy the material world, which is so uh, full of suffering. Oh, Govinda, of what avail to us, or our kingdom, happiness, or even life itself. And all those for whom we may desire them are now arrayed on this battlefield. Look, can't do this. Bhishma Drona. 
O Madhusudan, when teachers, fathers, sons, grandfathers, paternal uncles, fathers-in-law, grandsons, brothers-in-law, and other relatives are ready to give up their lives and properties and are standing before me, why should I wish to kill them, even though they might otherwise kill me? Big test, huh? Krishna saying, kill your friends and family. Kill them. And Prabhupada, as I told the story, he said, yes, that is Krishna Bhajan. Kill your relatives. That is Krishna Bhajan. Which Krishna forced Prabhupada to do. We had to break that attachment to that family after 36 years. Turn on his heels and walk out. O maintainer of all living entities, I am not prepared to fight with them, even in exchange for the three worlds. I don't care about heaven or anything. Let alone this earth. What pleasure will be derived from killing the sons of Jodhrasa? Okay. So, um, yeah, so Prabhupada, you know, he talks about all these different karmakanda type stuff, and then he rounds it up, and he's, he talks about the real practical, uh, authorized, and joint sacrifice for this age, Sankirtan. That's, and that's why I always say, our lords are raising their hands, you know, and they're saying, school's out, let's party. Sankirtan, Sankirtan party. Come on. Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva. You can't, not by karma, not by jnana, not by yoga. Simply chant, chant, chant. Okay, it's 9.01, so I'm just <laughs> wrapping it up. Chant, chant, chant. Chant, chant, chant. All right, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai. Tonight we're here from a tool, Prabhu, is it? What's, um, what's the topic? I think it's, uh, is it a tool tonight? Or? Yeah, I think he's stepping in for Jeep. Oh, Jeep and I Prabhu, is he back? No, no. Yes, actually, I think he said that we'll see him tonight. Okay. So I think we will see it to uh, tonight. Okay. But yeah, I thought... So Guru Dave was supposed to give lectures tonight? I thought he was listed. You might but, be right. But I'm not sure. I have to I check it. the website. I updated it, but I don't okay. know. can't remember. <clears throat> uh, I'll tell you right now. All right. It was supposed to be Reflections from the Gita. Oh, that's That's, that's next month. That's next month, right? No, October 28th. Reflections really? from the Gita. Because he's listed for that for next month in the new newsletter. So he's not, he's not giving that. I guess not. Unless, Dero, are you giving tonight? I will be in Phoenix tonight. Okay, there it is. That's what happened. Well, that's what Mother's and Dominic sent me. Yeah, okay. It's ever-changing kaleidoscope. Yeah, it's always getting it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Catering. Wow. What a Corpany Festival that must have been. <laughs> Catering. Yeah, I'll take out this one right here. I'm going to put this on Buddha after breakfast. Buddha. Lord Buddha. Yeah.